Hey, listeners. Before we get into today's episode, if you enjoy this podcast and would like to support us by becoming a paid subscriber, you can do that by clicking on a locked episode and following the instructions, or you can click on a link in the description. We are creating special content and are planning to add more and more special perks for paid subscribers, but either way, we appreciate you just listening to our podcast and supporting us in that way. Thank you so much, and let's get into today's episode. Hey, welcome to Widow Too Soon. This is, well... Michelle Ebersole, actually, but Michelle Bader Ebersole is kind of what I'm going to go by on social media. Better soul, better soul, better soul. I like that. And I'm sitting here with my friend and co-host Mark Massaro. How's it going, Mark? Good. We are back. You well, you are back. Back street. I'm sorry, back. poor All listeners. All right, <laughs> that right. Good. That was a good one. Yeah, wait, wait. poor listeners have just had to wait, deal with I got me. It. You got it. too soon. Back. All right. Okay, it didn't work. You know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. Anyways, how is it going? It's good. How are you? Well, more importantly, how are you? <laughs> I'm so good. My wedding was like a dream, like better than anything I've ever imagined. Not even lying. Okay, can I tell you a little bit about it? Yeah, <laughs> but I have a very important question first. Okay. okay. Now, all, everybody wants to know this. Okay. Did anybody get their eyes poked out by paper airplanes? They did not. No. Okay. Good. It even hit me. I mean, in the video, you can see they, I think they kind of don't remember it. It was so beautiful. Like, yes. I wasn't sure how that would turn out. And it was amazing. And everybody had fun making them. So let me back it on up. Yeah. I just needed to know that. Yes. In Washington, in March, it's usually rainy. I had hopes that it'd be warm, but it was pretty rainy. Actually, the few days before, we're starting to get a little nicer. The day of our wedding, it was the hottest day of the whole year, which is 70 degrees. It was- That's the hottest day of the year? So far in 2023. Oh, so far. I'm like, so what? far. No, no, no. <laughs> and it was beautiful. So Joel and I went on a run. We decided we didn't believe in that whole superstition. We can't see each other till the wedding. We're like, let's start the morning with a run. So we got up and we went running and it was just like such a surreal day. I'm like, this is our wedding day. This is our wedding day. This is crazy. And the weather was so amazing. And it was like not a cloud in the sky. And like everybody was out like, and I got to take what I really wanted was outdoor pictures. And we got some at a gazebo that are so gorgeous outside of the air museum, like all over by the plane. Like it was so amazing and pretty much everything went okay. Like, I mean, went good. Like people told me prepare for three things to go wrong. Like literally nothing. Like I kind of kept waiting That's awesome. and the ceremony was beautiful. And I read my piece about that. I read on here about grief and joy and lots of people cried and how we can have both of them. And a lot of people told me that was really meaningful for them. And so many people have told me two things about this wedding. It was magical. That's the word I get over and over. And that it was like the most redemptive story. And it was like, they felt so much joy. Like one of my bridesmaids said, Next to my wedding, that was the most meaningful and beautiful wedding I've ever been to. <laughs> That's really cool. Like, it was just because there are so many people who followed my journey, you know, while Luke was sick, after he passed away, like when he passed away, after he passed away, they saw my story of meeting Joel again. And so I feel like a lot of people felt like they were part of this. And, mm. you know, actually when Luke was sick, I was on a run. I think I've said the story before and I feel like God said, you're going to go through something and I want you to do it publicly. And I now believe that this all is part of it that I, you know, in the beginning, it was to just share what's going on with Luke and how God's getting us through. But I believe it's even for now, 
Like I've been a very public person since Luke's been sick up until now. And I think it's for people to see like how God can heal and like how he's truly turned my morning into dancing. I mean, real dancing. We had line dancing. It was amazing. There, at one time, there was like over 50 people on the dance floor dancing, like kids, adults. Oh, a lot of my students were there. Them and their parents were dancing. My nieces, nephews, you know, like all of these people out there together, me and a lot of my bridesmaids changed into um, cowboy boots. And so it was <laughs> like, there's these pictures and stuff of me and like my dress hiked up with my cowboy boots. And we had so much fun. And then just like, the whole ceremony was just so beautiful. And it was my best friend's husband, Brian, who was the officiant, which was really cool. I've known him over 20 years and um, having him part of it was really special. So and since you were nine? Yes, exactly. Since I was nine-ish <laughs> and having Joel's dad did part of the ceremony and it was just so beautiful. And Haley sang, she sang while we did communion and it was just amazing. And she sang during our first dance and like, so like everything was gorgeous. So I wanted to have like the hangar door open and it was warm enough, but everyone said, we can't see you because the sun would be in their eyes. So it was closed during the ceremony, but during the reception, they opened it up and the air in the evening was just perfect. Like people were, kids were running inside, outside, people were running around the plane, around the building. Like so many kids were having such a good time. And it was just like a blur, like just a complete, like, whoa. Um, and my biggest regret is that I didn't say hi to everybody we had about 185 RCP and about 230 came. So it was like, whoa, I, I didn't That's even... your biggest regret. That's pretty awesome. Right. It was just, that I didn't get to... had, nobody expects you to go around and say hi I to know, 230 but I just people. Bad. I didn't get to say hi to everybody. And, um, there was just people from like my childhood. There were all kinds of people who have really followed my story. There was this couple there who I'd never met in person, but they were in my parents' Bible study. They used to send money to Luke and I, they sent, um, our family to great wolf lodge a few times, like when we really couldn't afford anything. And they've been along my journey and to meet them in person finally. And they've been like, we've been praying for you so much. And to read their card, they gave, it was all about how amazing I am. And then to Joel, it was like, I think, you know, the jewel you have in Michelle. And like, it was just sweet. Like someone I'd never even met, you know, there were several people like that, that had followed my journey through other people. And it was just, that's so awesome. Yeah. It was, it was a huge celebration. It just felt like it was just a big party. Like, you know, the ceremony was just beautiful. And then we went into celebrating, like they, the first thing we did when we came out and they, um, well, also I had two wedding dresses, which was fun. I had the nice one that I had the party dress that came back out in the party dress, like with all the <laughs> ruffles, like ready to party and have fun. And, um, we, you know, I didn't eat, like I got stuff on my plate, but I talked to people constantly and, you know, just all the things it was so fun. And then Haley did a beautiful toast. Um, I really choked up when she said, you know, um, my, I was the biggest daddy's girl ever. And I couldn't have made it through this time, that time without my mom and my mom's the strongest person ever. She's like, I know people say that, but she about their moms, but she really is, you know, and just super, mm, that's sweet. awesome. And it was all about like, she's excited about this family that we're creating. And then, um, my best friend, Deborah did a toast. It wasn't on that video, uh, but it's on the longer video. She did a really sweet toast. And then, uh, Jolson Grady did an amazing toast that was like funny and sweet and it was just amazing and then just having the two families together getting to know his parents and brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews and all of this stuff was just 
I can't even put it all into words. Like it felt like a dream and it was like, it's over. Like it was crazy. And then it was like, time to go. Oh, and we had a photo booth going on. I think my niece took 26 pictures because I said, it's unlimited. Go as many times as you want. <laughs> so our, it's supposed to be our guest book, but it ended up mostly kids, the same kids over and over in the guest book, but it's cute. <laughs> so uh-huh. pictures, like my students all did a lot of pictures and, um, and then it was fun when it was time to go. We had like a tunnel of people, people on each side and they threw paper airplanes at us as we ran out to the song, leave it on a jet plane. And we had the plane out there and up, get it up, to, up until this moment. I did not know if we were flying or not. Okay. He had told me, okay, well, the weather's good, but he still doesn't know if he's going to be too tired or not. So we get in the plane, we're like driving and he's like driving. I'm like, so are we going to fly or not? He's like, I'm feeling okay about it. I go, okay. Or good. He's like, good, good. <laughs> I'm like, cause I don't want to go fly and like crash in front of everybody. And he's like, no, no, no. I feel good. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. that might be bad. Yeah. And then we just like flew up. Everybody watched us. Even our videographer stayed and did a little video and, um, we just flew up and just did like, like a little loop. I don't know. It wasn't very long. And then we landed like on the other side and we could still see everybody in the building, like cleaning up while we were over at the airport and where his truck was. And we got to leave from there. Like we had to go, we probably looked so funny. I'm in my wedding dress, helping him like push the plane in <laughs> into the hangar and all that but it was just like a dream like a redemptive dream like this is what God told me over two years ago at the grief retreat close to three years ago right after Luke died that like I'm going to restore and redeem everything you've lost and the joy of your youth you know down to the weather that we got that's like what I love is warm weather and I got the pictures I wanted and it was just absolutely And it was just such a, I don't know, amazing, uh, like something I could have never dreamed of. And I believe it was a testimony to God's faithfulness and how he redeems things and not just in my life, but also in Joel's and the hard things that he's been through and, you know, his family. And so it was, and also the things that you don't even know that it did, like the people who saw it and things like that, you know? Yeah. And what was, Uh, I'll talk about that later, but yeah what was amazing is that my in-laws, meaning Luke's parents were there, like my mother-in-law. So Luke's mom, Luke's sister, and many of his nieces and nephews, um, and his brother-in-law, like they came and supported us and just were so sweet and kind to be there. And I know it was a hard day for them. Like how weird for them to see me marry someone else, but Mm -hmm. yet they were able to put their own sadness aside to be there for me and my kids. And that's so awesome. I greatly appreciated that. And I know that's not always the case when people get remarried. Yeah. So I feel very blessed to have in-laws um, that do that. And like, I have two sets of in-laws now. And that's so crazy because I was saying something about mother-in-law and they're like, oh, Joel's mom. I'm like, no, my other mother-in-law that I already have. Like I have two <laughs> mother-in-laws. Like it's crazy. That's awesome. But it's so, just- you know, you're, I just wanted to say, so there were two things. Um, your wedding made me feel a lot of things. Um, The first one, and I I shared this on Facebook with you, but um, just knowing what you've been through and watching this entire journey, it just gave me this overwhelming sense of like, I don't know how else to describe it, except like, oh, like you made it, like you've made it, you know, and it gave me this really cool feeling, like just so happy for you and for Joel and um, just in this next season of life and just, I don't know, being your friend through all of the craziness um and, and seeing the the product of God's grace and mercy was just so awesome um and it just gave me these overwhelming feelings of gratitude for how good our father is in heaven and mm. um 
like, why not? Why couldn't he give you beautiful weather for your wedding? Of course yeah. he can, you know? Um, and, and that's a really powerful thing. If you think about it, like that, maybe he gave state of Washington, beautiful weather just for you on that day. And that's like, Crazy. you know, for you and Joel, obviously, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think that's mm-hmm. really cool. The other thing that your wedding made me feel was, um, a huge sense of gratitude and gratefulness that, um, I wasn't there in the dance party. Huh. <laughs> I would have made I you like, like, get out here. That's <laughs> you, not me. I'm watching from afar. I'm not, um, I'm not a dancer. Um, yeah, but I was just like, Oh, that but looks you like know such that's a beautiful my dream, and fun so. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just making a joke. Yeah. But uh, no, it was such a beautiful, beautiful wedding. And, um, you know, Tina and I both wish we could have been there and supported yeah. you guys and, um, you know, been able to see you guys in person or whatever. And um, yeah, but it was awesome. It was so cool, like seeing all the pictures and then seeing all the pictures from your honeymoon. Um, I was super jealous. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I was really happy oh, for you. It was just like, such beautiful pictures. This is like how I didn't even know people listen to the podcast that don't listen to it. We're at the rehearsal dinner and Joel's aunt goes, oh, is Mark your co-host going to be here? I had no idea his aunt even listened to the podcast. I was like, oh no, he was really far away. He couldn't make it. She's like, oh, oh that's so I? cool. Just like, How sweet. He even knew your name. Like, that's super <laughs> like, cool. I guess she, I think she listens to it because she married a widower. Oh, and okay. so she wanted, I think, to help her understand things more. So it was just cool. Sure. Like I, this is the first time I'd met her and she asked if you were going to be at the wedding. So I thought that was cool. That's really cool. I know. Right. Um, yeah. What else did I say? Okay. Uh, I know. Right. I know. Right. So here's an interesting fact about Kauai. There are chickens everywhere, literally everywhere. And they crow night and day. Did you know that? Like, I did it's not a know random that. fact. Okay. In 19, I think they said 82, like all these chickens got loose and they just let them go. And now they've overtaken the island. So <laughs> fun little fact. Did you know why the chicken crossed the road? To get to the other side. Like literally no. said that because there were no. chickens crossing the road. Okay. Is that a real Are joke? you ready? Yeah. It's because it's- Wow, that is the cheesiest of the cheese. That was a good one. Oh, uh, my kids told me that joke. Okay, that was that, great. That makes sense. Yeah. But anyways, so, Kauai yeah. was stunningly so chickens. beautiful. We snorkeled. We saw dolphins and whales. We went to a luau. We went on a bike ride, like right on the ocean. And Joel loved it. He said everything reminded him of his childhood. That the vegetation That's was so cool, just like Brazil. And like one day I was like, so what was your favorite thing today? He's like, the sugar cane. <laughs> and I'm like, what? he had this pure sugar drink made from sugar cane. He's like, it's what I used yes. to have in my childhood. I'm like, that's gross. I've seen he, that in videos before where they the squeeze the sugar cane. And he like chewed on it. And now he's like, try it. And I'm like, what? That's gross. Like it didn't taste good, but he loved it. Every plant he'd be like, we had that one growing up and we had that one. And like, so it just he loved it. Like it was absolutely wonderful. And it was just like, go, go, go. Like I literally thought I would have gained 10 pounds because I ate so bad because I've been eating so good for so long. But anyways, we only gained like three pounds each, which I was happy about because we were never just like sitting around. Like it was like, let's snorkel, let's do this, let's do this. So I love that he's like my adventure partner. Like it was Mm. always like, okay, what are we gonna do today? Let's go to this part of that. Let's do this. Let's do this. And we were like game for anything. And it was so fun. And you know that's part of what I'm loving. Like my whole marriage, Luke couldn't help it, but he was not active except for the first few months. And so to have someone who is physically active and able to do all of these things that I've never experienced is absolutely amazing. Like being married to my best friend who can do all these things with me. 
and stuff like it was hard with Luke because he couldn't do all of them. So I would still go out and do fun things, but I would miss having him with me. And so now mm. to have a partner who can do things is amazing. Now that's here's, awesome. Here's the other side of it. My my kids are doing well, but my oldest, I called him when I got home, and you know, he's 18, almost 19. And he just said, you know, mom, that was really hard for me. Watching you get married was really hard. And I'm like, I know, I I'm sorry. I'm like, you know, my grief is mostly for you now because no one will ever replace your dad, but I do have a new husband. So that role is filled in my life. You're never going to have a new dad. And so my grief is more for you because that position won't be filled. I know we're able to like really talk through that. And, um, but he's like, I'm so happy for you, but that was really hard. Yeah, so, I bet. You know, just, and you know, it's not like the, um, it's not like getting the position of husband filled again, takes away what you lost right. either, you know? Exactly. But I have that person in my life that does fill the whole of not having someone like, yeah, yeah. It's a whole new world. Like having somebody physically here. Like I think Joel's out helping Haley drive right now. She has to do a drive tomorrow. So he's out helping her. Like he's always here helping. Like he picked up Peyton from the mall with his friends the other day. He did it. It's like having someone physically here and, you know, to just companionship. And we watched a movie last night, just having someone here, like does fill that role of having a companion all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so awesome. And actually I wanted to go back. You said um, about the not seeing your husband on your, or seeing each other on your wedding day. Mm-hmm. You remember you mentioned that? Yeah. I thought it was that you're not supposed to see your bride in her dress before the wedding. Is it, I you're mean, not supposed to see him the whole day? I don't know, but we didn't do that. We actually saw each other before the wedding because we wanted yeah, pictures yeah, yeah. done. We had like a whole moment and stuff, but I don't know which one it is. If you're not supposed to see them at all on the wedding day or just in their wedding dress, but we decided. Yeah, I never, I don't understand. I mean, that's yeah, just a superstition. It's all anyways, superstition right? anyways. So we decided to uh, see each other that morning. And I was just things. curious, that thing you talked about 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and I'm just now bringing up. No. <laughs> I was like, wait, is that what it is? But um, anyways, so yeah, was, that's super cool. It was beautiful and wonderful. And I'm so happy. Honestly, I had a hard day the day we came home. Well, we did a red eye flight, which I hate red eyes because I didn't really sleep. And then I was just, it was that letdown after something big. I'm like, mm-hmm. everyone in the world, like everybody's here, like all of my best friends, my family, and then they're gone. And we came back to rainy weather and I hadn't slept. And it was just like, I had this weird feeling, but I'm over it now. It's just like one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I, it reminded me, but much different after Luke's celebration of life, like that feeling, but way worse than um, mm. that feeling of like something I had looked forward to all these people that I loved being in one place and then boom, but that was way harder. Boom. Like they're all gone and you're like left alone, but now it was different. It was like, everyone's gone, but I have a husband like, and it's so fun. Yeah. Well, it's like this one event is on your horizon for yes. so long Yes, and then it's over. Yes, it's, and it's a behind you. feeling. I remember this my first. But that's the cool thing. The cool thing is, is that you got, you know, like you said, you now have a companion and you now have a husband again and you're not alone anymore. You've been alone for three years, you know, yeah. in, in the sense in, in regards to like, you know, obviously you've had Joel for how long you guys been together, like a year and a half or something. What? Yeah, almost a year and a half. And April 19th um, will be a year and a half. Yeah. Are you counting? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, so you've been alone. And so you also get to come back to this new life, which is cool too. But yeah, I mean, who, who would not feel that way going, coming back from Hawaii, you know? Yeah. I think that's just going to be part of it. Anyways, I remember Lacey and I went to um, Antigua for our honeymoon and 
it was just like the most amazing vacation ever everything was all inclusive and we were on this white sand beach and we'd go for walks on the beach at 10 p.m and just roll up our pants and walk out into the ocean that was still like 80 degrees nice no waves at all. We'd go out 50 yards and we'd still only be knee deep. And I mean, just wow. absolutely paradise, you know? Um, and then, yeah, we had to come back home. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's that's, that's always the tough part of, right? Yes. When you go to like paradise or whatever. Yes. Um, actually, and we have a listener in Antigua. So um, that's pretty Yay. cool. Okay. Um, enough about yeah. me. It's been like 20 minutes about me. Let's I was talk just talking about, about my honeymoon. That was about me. Okay, that's um, true. But how are you? What have you been up to? I know you've um, done a few <laughs> updates because I've been listening to your episodes, which were awesome. Thank what, you. What's since your last update or anything? you? Well, let's say? see. Uh, you know, I don't know how I'm going to top what you said. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Did you fly this away gonna sound, plane? This gonna, No, this is going <laughs> to sound so boring in comparison, but um, I've been working so hard at real estate school. That is good. Um, I have a lot of hours invested and I'm getting further and further in the course. I'm at like 64% uh, completion, nice. which is great. Uh, at the time of recording, I'm hoping to be like 75% when this comes out. Um, and then that's the national and then I got to do the state. And so my goal is to be um, studied up and ready to take the test by the end of April. Nice. That's a ambitious goal. Yeah. But, um, you know even if I set that goal for April and it ends up being middle of May, well, then I still like pushed myself to get, you know, as far as I could. So that's been going on. Um, I have a bird nesting in my backyard, actually two of them in different locations. And uh, last year we had a bird, they're trying to like nest on this little post um, up under a covering I have. And poor thing last, last year, the nest fell down in the wind Mm. and that, you know, the baby bird didn't make it. And, um, so this year I screwed a Tupperware up there and now the bird has made this nest That's inside awesome. of the Tupperware and looks all happy to be in there and everything. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. We like, you know, spy on it out the window and, you know, we'll <laughs> see the, it's so cute. There's like a little female bird, obviously in the nest. And then the little male bird comes in, like brings her things. It's like nice. really cute to watch. He'll like bring a little yeah. twig. He's like, hey, what's up? Hey, here's a twig. Hey girl. Nest, hey, girl hey. <laughs> hey, I brought you a twig girl. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know so that's been cool and uh gosh what honestly like I, I've been so focused on just getting school 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 so mm-hmm. not a lot else I've had some good conversations with my mother-in-law and you know different things like that um I don't really have an update on my mom um you know I heard some things about her physical health that uh don't sound very good mm-hmm. um but you know I, I don't have anything to report on that. Um, and uh, my kids and I went for a walk today and, and then went to the park and it was like an absolutely perfect day. It was so nice. beautiful. It was like 68 degrees out, just a slight breeze. Like there's just something about being out in yeah. nature when it's just Love a beautiful it. day. We were like, we have uh, this greenway. We go to this like green belt and this greenway uh, goes for like miles and miles and miles through the city. Um, and there's just a Creek, like following you the whole way. And it's just so beautiful. There's like big cranes and ducks and all kinds of stuff. I'm just trying to make it sound cooler than it is. Cause I didn't just come back from Hawaii. But, hey, um, it's cool. It was, it was very beautiful. And, um, Tina is coming for a visit, which I'm okay. super excited about. And we're going to do some, we're going to do some Easter stuff for the kids. Nice. She's going to help me not flop on Easter this year with my dishes. <laughs> 
So I think last year I was even on this podcast. You're like, so did you get your kids an easy class? I'm like, no, I suck. I totally forgot. Like, um, so, oh, you know. She'll help you. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, she's That's fun. She's like, how often do you guys get to see each other? It seems like every few weeks or so. We, we try to see each other at least once a month. Yeah, um, sometimes it's every three mm-hmm. weeks. Sometimes it's every five weeks. Um, but it, you know, it's so it's, it's cool. Cause you know, we obviously, we, neither one of us would be here if we didn't want to get married. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so we have kind of an idea in our mind of when that could happen. Um, but you know, it's, it's not time yet. Right. Yeah. And so having these things to look forward to once a month, really helps like not make it feel like it's an eternity away yes if that makes yep. sense oh um, no we did the month thing I get it because I you know I'm really excited to have her as my wife someday and yeah. to you know enjoy just doing husband and wife things again and not just be like you know lonely widower you know how we all do right I know everybody listening understands what I'm talking about and it's like you know maybe you might not want to get remarried again but you likely understand what I'm saying that like you just miss marriage like mm-hmm. aside from obviously missing your spouse but there's also it feels like this separate yeah I miss being married you know I miss having a spouse I miss having a partner yeah. in life you know so anyways that's uh all I can think of at the moment that's up with me did you um notice the in Haley's speech she said something about I'm glad she won't be a cat lady yes <laughs> that was great because that was her biggest fear she'd be an old cat lady I remember you told me that when we first met you're like I'm just afraid I'm gonna be like an old cat lady with like 10 cats <laughs> but I don't even have one cat like I'm not a cat person but it's just like but you know fear. what if you didn't meet Joel you might be a cat lady I know I might have turned into a cat lady, which is fine if you love cats uh, and you live alone with your cat honestly I, I think cats are awesome um <laughs> I, I don't have one. I was like, you don't even have one, do you? No, I don't. I don't have a cat. But the reason I don't have a cat is, uh, you know, the, it's, I think certain cats are really cool. I, I like all animals, but like certain cats are cool. But some cats are just like jerks. Have you ever seen yeah. all those videos where it's like a veteran comes home from overseas and then it's like their dog. They see their dog for the first time and the dog like goes Maybe. crazy. Yeah. You no, know, they haven't seen their owner in like a year or whatever. And then he comes home and blah, blah, blah. So it was this video and it's all a cat after seeing her owner after he's been deployed for two years. And it's like all the suspenseful music is playing and it shows the cat and the cat like perks up when he hears the front door open. And then the owner walks in. He's like, hey, buddy, I'm home. And the cat just like looks away and just starts licking its paw like it doesn't even care. They're too (laughs) I'm like, that's so how cats are. But anyways, yeah. So cats are cool. Yes. Um, and that was today's episode, right? Cats are cool. Yeah. Oh, one other side note. I'm going to put about. the video that we're talking about. We have this like five minute highlight reel that our videographer made. I'm going to put a link to it. So if people, if they want to see nice. what we're talking about, they can see it. But let's go ahead and, oh, well, did you have anything else to say or can we get into the episode? No, did I not prompt you with that's all I have to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, okay, I know you I need that till I can move on. Yes. Okay. So today's episode is another grief myth. You have to grieve alone, or you need to grieve alone. So again, we're getting. We talked about this before that we're talking about these grief myths from this book, um, the Grief Recovery Handbook, which is um, a program that I'm doing. And this grief myth comes from like 
from childhood. So I read another book, When Children Grieve, that talks more about it and how like this little boy, like somebody died and he wanted to go see his aunt and his aunt was crying. They're like, no, let her grieve alone. Let her cry alone. Like people need to go by themselves. And if you need to cry, go be by yourself. And this whole myth that we need to be alone to grieve. Now, this isn't a big one that I ever like partook in, partake in, partook in. Had partaken in. That took place. I, I didn't partook it. I didn't really grieve alone, but I know that this is more something that you did. Um, and mm. it's things that a lot of people feel like they have to grieve alone. So what are some of your thoughts on this myth? Oh, well, I, I do know that it's wrong. Um, you know, I had this overwhelming feeling and I, I've mentioned this before, but that like, I didn't want to bother anybody with my oh, grief. Yeah. I didn't want to, I always had this impression of what it looked like in my head of like, Hey, you know, like I call somebody, Hey, what's up, man. Hey, I know you're totally having a normal day, but, um, can I bring you down? Is that cool? Can I talk to you for a while and bring you down to my level? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how I viewed it. I viewed it as I was being um, inconsiderate of other people by, um, you know, calling them. And like, it's kind of like, I felt like they'd be like, yeah, dude, I know you're sad. You just need to go through it. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought everybody would feel right. towards me. Um and, you know, it wasn't until way later on that I found out that there were a lot of people that um, wanted me to be more open with them and right. wanted me to share what I was going through. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's 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 my starting point, if you will, is that I just felt um, that it was the appropriate thing to do to grieve alone um, right. because I, I did reach out to somebody and it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't received in a very good way by that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he gave me the impression that like, that it was annoying to mm-hmm. listen to my, you know, me talking about, I don't know. And that just like shut me down to like right. talking. I'm like, nobody wants to hear this garbage. Like everybody's going about their day, their kids at baseball practice, their their wife made, you know, a beautiful dinner and um, they're going over to their parents for dinner later and all these things. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, I call crying, Hey, I'm having a really hard time. And it's like, I just picture him like sighing and going, Oh gosh, why did I answer this call? That's what I pictured. And so I just had this belief that I was supposed to grieve alone and right. that that was, um, the appropriate thing to do to not bother anybody. So what do you have to say? Like, what's, what well, do you see in that book? Um, going back to what you just said, that it would be a bother, but think of it in reality. Like I had this happen yesterday, a friend, you know, she knows I'm high on life. Everything's great. She didn't want to bother me with her stuff. Like, no, because I want to know, I care about you. And that's what people think when we would call it, you know? So that's like a false thing in our head to think, no, I don't want to bring them down. She's like, well, I don't share anything. I don't want to bring people. I'm like, no, I want to know I care about you. And so there's so many people like that, but this book has such a great example Just, I'll just read it too. Um, When infants are in discomfort of any kind, what is the very first thing they do? They cry out for help. They do not keep a stiff upper lip. They communicate at the top of their lungs that they are in need of some assistance. Loving parents respond to the call for help and try to deliver it. But into the parents, built into the parents' response is the idea that the infant is indeed not alone. Imagine then those same children, once they reach age five or six, being told, if you're going to cry, go to your room. In other words, grieve alone or stronger comments such as knock off that crying or I'll give you reason to cry. 
something to cry about. You can understand what this might do to a children's sense of trust to be told when they are having a normal and natural emotional reaction to a life event that it is not okay to have that feeling. Don't feel bad. And if you insist on having that feeling, by gosh, we don't want to see you go to your room and grieve alone. That was just such a good illustration. Like we're born and it's okay. We're not going to cry alone. But as we get older, we're told like, no, don't, don't cry. Especially I feel like a boys are told that a lot. Like boys don't cry, mm-hmm. like, which is like the worst thing you can do. Like what we feel, we heal. I even said that in the thing I read at my wedding, like it's so big, like we have to feel our feelings and we don't want to do it alone. Like I believe it's the enemy's tactic to get us alone. So we can get in these like really bad places, emotionally, mentally, physically, but God created community. And so we are to be in community and be around and there's a season for everything. And so while you might be in a season of like, you need people, other people are in a season where they want to help you. And so we really shouldn't grieve alone, but you can see how is in society. We're taught that like in this book, it really went more into like kids and how we teach that not even meaning to do that. Like, Oh, go cry by yourself or whatever, but really we are supposed to be grieving with others. Guys, I want to share something with you that I'm really, really excited about. I've mentioned it a few times, but I am now a grief recovery specialist. And what that means is I help people actually recover from grief. Like you don't have to stay where you're at. I take people through one-on-one and groups, and we really go through steps to identify first what's holding you back. Did you know grief is like having a bunch of rocks in your backpack? So we've got to unpack those, and I give you step-by-step ways to actually move forward. So if you want to learn more about this, there's a link in the show notes that you can book a call with me. I do one-on-ones. I do groups. I would love to speak with you about how this could work for you. Thanks. Um, well, yeah, and it's like the the feelings are obviously real. Yeah. And if you suppress them, what, what happens to them? They don't go away. Right. You just you just bury them and they come out somewhere else. They come out in your let's let's say you're, you know, a grieving parent. Let's say someone's in my situation um where they're, you know, raising kids alone, little kids and they have these grief moments or whatever, and they just suppress them and close them in. And they think like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine because I'm not crying anymore, right? I'm right. fine. I got past it. Um, but then their kid asks them for a sandwich and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, fine. Like, or whatever, you know what I mean? It comes out in frustration or anger. Right. Or it'll come out somewhere else. It's not, it's not, it doesn't go away. And it can give you um, an unhealthy mindset and an outlook on life. And it can make you just be bitter at people mm-hmm. for no reason. It can make you drive around and all of a sudden you're mad at the guy for cutting you off or whatever. And that's not really what you're mad at. Right. You, you've, you've suppressed a lot of feelings and held them in. And so you're ready to snap about anything. And so, yeah, it is very important to, you know, feel our feelings and, you know, yeah, pro- process them and not, not shut them in or whatever. But anyway, yeah. Something else the book says is we don't isolate by nature. We isolate by training, by education, and by socialization. We isolate because we are taught that we laugh together, but we cry alone. I was like, whoa, Mm. that's true in society. It's like, um, how many times this happened yesterday with a friend do people say, I'm sorry for crying, or I don't want to cry. I'm like, no, it's good for you. Like, it's so good to cry and to get out your emotions, but we're taught it's bad. 
but crying yeah. is actually good for you physically too. Like it's a, yeah. a good thing to get your tears out. Um, yeah. Well, do you remember, you remember that uh, study I told you? I, I was going to say, I remember you saying something about it. Can you review? It's been a long yeah, time. Yeah. So these, these people did this study on, on tears. And yes. so they had people chopping an onion and collected the tears that came out of their eyes <laughs> and put them under a microscope. And then they had them watch a sad movie and they collected those tears and they put them under a microscope. The tears from cutting the onion were just saline. They were just water, salt and water, you know? Um, but the tears that came out when they cried in the movie were filled with like toxins. Wow. Um, and so it was like your body excretes um, toxins from your body through crying. And like, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of reality to that, that, you know, there is probably some chemical or something in your body that gets created from, you know, grief, I would imagine, you know, just how complex our bodies Mm -hmm. are and stuff. I mean, there must be a reason that God made us to cry when we're sad, you know, there must be a reason for it. And um, so anyways, but yeah, and, and touching a little bit more on what you said is like, it's especially true that men are made, made to seem yes. like it's not okay to cry. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be the first to say that, like, I agree with that in a lot of ways, like, you know, as a man, you need to be kind of tough, you know, in, in some ways, in some respects, but there are also times when you've been through something legitimately really sad, losing your wife is a yeah. completely acceptable reason to need to shed tears. Watching her fall apart is a completely yeah. acceptable reason you know, falling and, and hitting your knee at 40 years old, like you probably shouldn't cry. You need to get up and walk it off. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. you, you need to be a man about it. You know what I mean? But um, so there are a lot of contexts in which like, I do right. believe that um, society needs strong men um, yes, I agree. and strong women for that matter, of course, but just saying like, but yes, but, but that we've gotten this confused um, outlook that like, you know, just because a man is, you know, we, it's considered soft. If you ever see a man shed tears mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, I, and for that very reason, I tried really hard. Well, there were multiple reasons, but I tried really hard when I gave my wife's eulogy, um, to not break down and cry. And for one is because I wanted everybody to clearly be able to understand what I was saying, because I wanted everybody to really hear how amazing my wife was yeah. and not that everybody didn't know, but it was important to me that I didn't like babble through the whole thing or verbal or what would you call it? I don't know, you know, when you're sobbing. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I wanted to hold it together, but also I wanted to hold it together because there is a stigma that if you're a man, like you don't cry in front of people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You hold it together. And that is, you know, when you, when you have a good reason to cry, it's okay to cry. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's so good you know. to feel your emotions. And just this morning, I was asked to speak at this church about my classes that I'm doing and about what widow goals is. I even talked about the podcast. And when I went back to my seat, Joel had like tears in his eyes. And so I asked him about it later. And he was just like, I'm just so proud of you. Like just mm, seeing how God awesome. has healed you. I mean, this isn't really about that, but just men crying tears. And he's not afraid to feel his emotions. Um, I just thought that was so cool that he was like not stuffing that in. And just the fact that I have somebody who's like that proud of me, 
that yeah, go with this. Amazing. I just wanted to mention it. No, oh, that's awesome. Love... It was a good segue. Yeah, he's an amazing husband. So. He's a good example. I you have know, to say that. Okay, it's also because he is he is very much a manly man in other ways too, though, yeah. but he's in touch with his emotions. And I think that is what a healthy man should look like, you know? Mm-hmm. And side but what note, were you going to say? What was your side to the side really note? It's really weird. Okay, a couple kind of grief, just different things like being married but I was married. Like the moment we came home and I'm sitting and I'm looking at the pictures I have of Luke everywhere. It felt weird. Like it felt different than ever. Like, Whoa, I was married. Now I'm married again. It was just this weird feeling. And then, um, when talking about, like I was talking to this lady, I'd never met the other day on the phone. She's helping me promote my stuff. And I had to say late husband for Luke and husband for Joel. It was just like, Whoa, I have to like, I used to just say husband talking about Luke. Right. Yeah. Like you say wife about Lacey, but then when you get married yeah. again, you kind of have to change the verbiage because you have two different ones. So I'm like my late husband, this, and then my husband, <laughs> just a, an, an interesting thing I hadn't really thought about is. No, it is interesting. And, you know, but I, like I said, a few, I think maybe the last episode we did together, um, I don't think widow is a title. I think it's an experience. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so I think you're, you, you did not lose your widow status and right. legally, yes, you're married now, you know, you yes. can't put widowed on an application anymore, but like, as far as like, you know, did you lose your right to talk to the widowed community? Of course not. You know, you're no. still a widow. I and, know. Um, like we will forever be a widow and widower, like right. just because we might get remarried again and all that, or you did get remarried, but you know what I mean? Um, you don't lose, you don't lose that, um, experience that you've been through. Yes. I was with Jess, one of my, and Stacy, who's been a guest, we were talking like two nights ago and she's like, she's like really passionate. She's like, you do not lose what a badge you've been through or something. Like she's like, you're still a widow. (laughs) And then we're planning this widow's tea and stuff. And I was like, so I still get to come. (laughs) I'm not a widow, but I can still, I mean, I'm running the whole thing. Obviously I'm coming. But, and I wrote on one of my social medias, I wrote remarried widow. Mm. Um, like I still have that. And then on one of my social medias, I'm just trying to figure out what I want to write. I wrote Luke's widow, Joel's wife. And so I'm just oh, uh-huh. trying to figure out like, who am I now? <laughs> like, but I, I go back I, and listen to our episode. Who am I now? I know. I think that, yeah, we have an episode. Who am I now? But it is, I was telling you this before we started this. It is a little bit weird, not the same weird as when your spouse dies, but it is a little strange. Like I was a widow for almost three years. Like that was part of who I was and I'm not a widow anymore, but I still consider myself a widow, mm-hmm. but I'm married again. So I'm like, will people still be able to relate to me? Because I'm not going home to the same reality as them. I'm not going home alone like I used to. Will people still feel like they can relate to me? But I feel like they will because I've been through it. Well, of course. And I have a comparison that is, you know, not the proudest thing I like to talk about or admit, but it's a great example. Um, As I may or may not have said on here before, I don't know, this might be a shock to some of you, but um, I used to be a drug addict um, Mm. a long time ago. And uh, so can I still relate? Can I still go out and, yes. um, you know, uh, what I say, uh, evangelize to somebody who is currently a drug addict? Can I still speak from experience about why they should turn their life around and how valuable and like, look what can happen yes. from your life if you get off of that garbage? Like, yeah, 
just because I haven't been on drugs in 25 years, it doesn't mean that I can't still relate to what True. they're going That's through. That's a great right way to, mm-hmm. and I'm far away from that. I'm very far away from that. Um, but I still understand that mindset, um, and, and what it feels like to need something that your body isn't supposed to have. I still yeah. understand that. And so I will never lose that, um, experience that I can talk to somebody as somebody different. Cause you know, well, and it was kind of like what I've explained before when I went through counseling for a while, really nice guy, but he was never widowed. And right. I just felt like, dude, you don't understand. You don't you like, yeah, you've read it from a book, but you don't know what it feels like yeah. to go through what I've been through. Exactly. Why am I going to pay you when I'm like teaching you yeah. uh, like what it feels like? And so, so there is that there's, um, you, you, you can listen to somebody from authority, like a counselor, or you can listen to somebody with experience. Yeah. I would always rather listen to somebody with experience that understands what I've been through, you know? And so, no, you're never going to lose that title. And yes, you're remarried. That's great. Anybody who's a decent human being would be really, really happy for you. Um, or unless they're personally, you know what I mean? Involved in it somehow, a family member that it's difficult for. I don't mean that. I just mean anybody from the outside looking in, uh, if somebody's going to be jealous or upset because you got married again, that's not, that's not something for you to worry about. Right. Um, that should just be, so everybody should be happy for you. And it doesn't take away your status of being uh, widowed and going through hell. Like, and, unless it was going to somehow erase all of that, yeah. you know, then, then you still have that title and forever will. So, yes. Um, yeah. So that was a little tangent, but I wanted to go back to this and talk about, okay, so it's a myth to grieve alone. So how do you not grieve alone? So I feel like for myself, I mean, we've talked about these things before, but it was getting involved in a widow community um, early on. That's, you know, like we met in a Facebook group, getting to meet other people that helped me not grieve alone, continuing to see friends, even when it was hard in the beginning, like they can't relate, but continuing to push through and hang out with people, being involved in church, um, having things to look forward to that involved other people. Like I, I had a goal every week in the beginning to go out to lunch with at least one friend or go on a walk Mm. or do something. Um, so those are the, some, some of the things that I did to not grieve alone, made it like a point to get out of the house. Now it was 2020. It was a little harder then, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but still trying to find ways to get out. It's easier now than it was then. Um, how are some, I know that you did grieve alone some, but I know that you um, did and do have a lot of friends and support. So how did you mm-hmm. not grieve alone? What well, did you do? So, you know, for one thing also, you are quite extroverted. Yeah. Um, I am more of an introvert extrovert. Um, so if I'm in a situation, I can totally be an extrovert. I can talk. Yeah. I have no problem being in front of people. If I'm by myself, I want to remain by myself. It's just kind of, it's just weird. You know, I don't know how mm-hmm. to explain it. Um, I'm very comfortable by myself. So that was also a problem for me is that I had to step outside of my comfort zone. Oh, true. Yeah. To, um, pursue, uh, help if you will. And so there were some nights where just, you know, it basically comes down to like, thankfully I had good friends. Um, I had, uh, you know, my friend Tamara would ask, um, how are you doing? I'm like, Oh, I'm good. You know, this, that, whatever. She's like, no, seriously. Right. Like, how are you doing? Yeah. And I just like, I'm not doing good, you know, that just like let the tears flow. And, um, but you know, or uh, my friends, Brian and John, like I, I just texted them one night and said, Hey man, um, 
I'm sorry to bother you guys. This is what I needed to say for my own comfort. I'm really sorry to bother you guys. Um, is there any way you guys could, is there any way you guys could call me sometime tonight? And maybe one of you could like pray for me over the phone. And the response from, it was a multi-text to Brian and John. And within a minute, Brian and John both replied, I'm on my way, bro. Brian said, me too. Oh, nice. yeah. And they were over at my house and they prayed with me and they hung out for hours. And um, then they'd invite me to dinner. And so I had friends that were reaching out to me, which really helped a lot. And, um, but there, there were times where it was hard and I just dealt with it alone. But fortunately I had my mother-in-law, um, which was a very unique situation. We could talk about it because, um, not only were we both grieving, but we were grieving the same person. Right. And so that helped a lot. But like you said, probably the, the best thing I found to help was joining Facebook groups. Yeah. And reading and knowing that other people were going through it too yes, really helped me helps. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I talked to a few people privately from that group. Um, this dude, he's actually an author. Uh, and I've seen that oh, he's yeah. kind of blown up since then, which is really cool. His name is John Polo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I haven't read his book, honestly, I have to confess, but it was really nice. He reached out to me and asked me for my address and he sent me a copy of his book. Um but, you know, you find people in these groups that, yeah. that, you know, they post a story and you're like, whoa, that's very similar to what I went yes. through. And you say, wow, I went through the same thing. And the next thing you know, you're private messaging back and forth. You're talking to somebody who really understands. So I'd say Facebook groups for me yeah. as an introvert were, were very, very helpful. Um, and, and good friends, good friends, like yeah. asking me, my friend, Chris Keeler would just randomly call me and, uh, you know. Even when I would not pick up his call because I didn't want to, you know, I was sad. I was in a sad moment or whatever. And he'd just like come knocking at the door or whatever, you know, it might have been. Or he'd text me and say, hey, you know, I know you probably don't want to talk, buddy, but I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And I'm here if you want to talk. I have the whole night free or whatever he'd say that just would make me feel comfortable. So, you know, fortunately, it was good friends. But um, my advice would be to not hesitate to reach out to people. And uh, I think it's really important to not grieve alone because it it is, it adds to the grief yeah, for me. It, it added mm-hmm. to the grief. It was like, I, I was sad. I was grieving. I was missing Lacey. And then I'd think about how alone I was and how quiet I was and how quiet my house was. And it just made it worse. It yes. made the reality of her being gone just so much more intense. Yeah. Uh, it was, it sucked. It was yes. just, it was the darkest, worst season of my life. And um, I've been through some pretty dark, seasons of life and um but everything pales in comparison i just want to you know sing some Sinead o'connor nothing compares nothing <laughs> compares <laughs> oh that was good um but anyways yeah um so that that would be you know my two cents on that good it's good two cents good good Thanks. good i think we're good on this subject what do you think anything else to add no, I think that's, I think that's good. I think we can wrap it on up if you want to. Do you want to close? Sure. Time? Yeah. Well, first of all, we're very happy that you're back. I'm sorry Thank for all the you. listeners for having to put up with no, 30 minutes of good. my, my uh, great thoughts. Uh, but no, we're so happy for you. Thank and you. Um, I know there's so many people so happy for you. Tina and I are just thrilled. Um, and it was so encouraging to us to you know, see it come to fruition to see that like, Hey, you, you know, you go through this long distance relationship. Right. But like, there is an end, there's an end and it, and it, it comes, you know, you guys join together and, um, 
such a beautiful blessing gift from God. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, from all of us, you know, the whole community. I know there's so many Thank people you. so happy for you guys. Um, and I will go ahead and pray. Lord, I just like to, um, you know, just thank you so much for bringing Michelle and Joel together and, um, gosh, just letting us witness the beauty of your promises. Um, and Lord, I, I just pray that we would all primarily just our main focus would be keeping our eyes on you, um, as you are the one that will help us get through these seasons of life where it's dark and miserable and remind us that you never promised us that this life would be easy. Remind us that every single time when we have grief, that you promised that it would never be, you never promised it would be easy, but you promised you'd be there with us. And um, we thank you for that. We thank you for fulfilling your promises. Even when we don't feel your presence, we know you're there because that's what your word says. And Lord, I'd like to pray for anybody who's going through grief alone, that you would give them either the courage to reach out, um, that you would make connections through Facebook groups, or that you would impress it upon their friends' hearts to reach out to them and let, let them know that their friend needs them. Um, and I just like to pray for strength and wisdom for everybody in this community who's listening um, and that you would just provide them the ability to get through another day. I know this walk is so difficult for so many, Lord, and my heart just goes out to them as we know what it's like. But um, I pray, Lord, that you would just give them a glimmer, just a beacon of hope or a whole ray of sunshine of hope that um, this is a season of life that they're in. And I pray that you'd help them get through this season. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray to you always, Father. Amen. Amen. If you like this podcast, give it a little bing. Five stars. On Apple Podcasts. <laughs> and now you can rate it on Spotify, I found out. Oh, yeah. Any, anywhere you listen. Um, what else? If you want to be a guest, you can email us widow too soon at gmail.com. Reach out on Messenger on Facebook, our Facebook group, our Instagram. All the places. And you make them sound so exciting. <laughs> on whatever. Instagram whatever. Like whatever you want to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> and total side note. I just wanted to share that it was so cool at my wedding that I had 10 bridesmaids. And five of them were in my first wedding and Whoa. it was so cool for them to see. And of course, these people were at Luke's um, celebration of life and everything, but mm. just to really experience life with me. And then like everybody, like, so the newer friends and the older, friends, like everybody met and everybody was like, you have the most amazing friends like you have. And I just feel so blessed. And they were part of my not grieving alone, you know, reach out to people like, they want to be there for you. Sometimes they don't know what to say. And so we just have to, to help remind them, you know, and just mm -hmm. make it normal to talk about grief. Anyways, that was a total side note, but I felt very blessed to have so many people from my first wedding in my second wedding and, um, yeah, don't grieve alone. Word. Word. Oh, jinx. You owe me a soda. Oh, jinx. I'm away. What did you say? Jinx. It's pinch poke. You owe me a Coke. No, it's something. Something. You owe me a soda. That's what my kids say. Anyways, um, but because we both said word at the same time. Oh, funny. I was laughing so hard on one of your podcasts. You were like, mark out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was literally talking to you as you're doing the podcast. Like you can hear me when I was like, silence your phone, dude. Like <laughs> I literally said that in my car, like those exact. Well, words. you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I have a reputation for being a thug. That's what Tina likes about me. I'm actually going to get a teardrop tattoo under my eye. Oh my gosh. So, you know, 
okay. mark out just went along with that <laughs> side note to the side note so when we did my bachelorette party we're all like riding in the car together so it's all of me and like my friends that are like you know 29 or something and then Haley and uh we're listening to old school songs from back in the day and we got gangster's paradise going and i'm like totally rapping fool and i'm like she is just like what is happening like all of us in the car all of a sudden turned into gangsters and we were like what's up it's 97 west side (laughs) yeah and we were all in the car and we have videos of it and she's just like what because she had no idea she didn't know the song and we're all all of a sudden as i walk through the valley of the shadow of death she's like what (laughs) it was pretty fun to introduce her to some of our old i can just visualize that she's like yeah "Yeah, i'm i'm in the wrong place yeah and side note because i never got to talk about it we we did like a dinner thing and then we went line dancing of course so it was there was probably mm-hmm. i think 18 people went to my bachelorette party and went line dancing it was so fun and i had like, awesome. a, a cowboy hat with a veil that said bride on the front and then i got them all these sashes that said bride tribe and i had the bride one bride and it was tribe. my bride awesome. tribe yeah <laughs> and it was just so much fun just celebrating like with these people who have mourned with me who now are celebrating. And I think that's just the most beautiful thing. And so mm. you've got these people in your corner, you know, don't grieve alone. Like they, they mourn with you and they're going to celebrate with you too, as God continues to heal your broken heart. And he turns beauty. No, he turns ashes into beauty. I almost said it backwards. And he will <laughs> make dancing out of mourning into dancing. He's going to turn all your beauty into ashes. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. At least I said it. You're in church dancing today. into mourning. It's yeah. gonna be wonderful. But I said it correctly at church. I'm glad I didn't say it backwards. But anywho, that's enough side notes to the side notes. Thanks for listening. Yes, and, thank uh, you. God we'll bless. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.